do it. Are we ready? I am so ready. Please proceed. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Product Happy Hour, where you can go to happy hour with your favorite product people. That's us in your sweatpants. We are product folks here to share what we've learned often the hard way over great drinks. Why happy hour? Why not? It's the best way to get the inside scoop from Grizzled Vets with the scars to prove it. With me, as always, is Zira Joe Hall. Hey, Ira, what's happening? Hi. So today you're learning a skill that will probably add years to your life and money to your paycheck. So you should hang out. Um, and I, you can, I stake my life on this because honestly, this is so important and it took me a long time to learn this. We're going to shortcut you right to it. And it is the skill of saying no. Um, I didn't think it was a skill until I started seeing the benefits of using the framework we're going to talk about today. Um, so let us walk you through how it's improved our careers, how you can do it artfully and with empathy. Um, and we're going to drive you through like some of the most common situations. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be worth it. And also I'm going to be doing it with this pineapple Tito's today. <laughs> so stick around. <laughs> there you go. It's going to get super interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're going to do some role play too, right? We're going to oh, yes. uh, role play a couple of scenarios. Yep. For how to say no. So Ira is going to have to say no to my face. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, going to be very artful, I'm sure. Uh, empathetic, maybe. From. Yeah, definitely mm -hmm. empathetic. Okay, so you got that Tito's and pineapple. Um, I've got an Irish coffee right here. Nice. Uh, it's been a long day. <laughs> it's been a very long, <laughs> long day. Good day, but uh, long. So uh, it's got a shot of espresso that I've turned into an Americano, a shot of Glen Levitt 12. Ooh, and, fancy. Uh, a little bit of whipped cream. Yeah, it's pretty, it pretty sweet. Um, <clears throat> okay, and I'll probably finish all of it before we get to say no in situational role play because it's happy hour. And we have to play yeah. a drinking game. If you're listening at home, play along. We're going to drink every time someone says no. So we're going to oh. be hammered. <laughs> oh, my God. I counted, and we say it 64 times. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> well, prepare yourselves. <laughs> I think we should do it every time someone says listening, because then we might you actually it make it listening? to the end of the episode. Okay. All right. Let's switch it up. We're going to go okay. with listening. Listening okay, nice. is the word for the drinking game. Uh, okay. Before we get into the episode, a word from our sponsors, us. Thanks for giving <laughs> us a listen. The best ways you can help us keep this party going is to head to our Substack page and subscribe at ProductHappyHour.com. Paid subscriptions are either $5 a month or $30 a year. Finally, please subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts for easy listening. <laughs> okay. This is great. Anywhere, anytime. Anytime. Time to drink. Ugh, smooth. <laughs> <clears throat> Got you. All right. Should we start into why this skill of learning how to say no is important? Yeah. Why should I even bother, Ajay? Because I could just say yes and everyone will be happy, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, besides the obvious which is that you're going to get more asks than you and your team can handle. Saying no is going to make you a more effective product manager. 
great point. There have been times where I should have said no, but I said yes because it was easier than having to think through the implications or let an excited stakeholder down. I like it when they get juiced, you know, and I feel bad being like, eh, no. <laughs> um, but to be honest, it was okay in the short term, but it was terrible in the long term when I kind of just said, oh yeah, we'll put it in our backlog, the famous like last words. Um, because then they come to collect and then they're like, cool, where's my idea? I saw your roadmap. You didn't do anything about it. Um, yeah, so it's it's uh, a good skill to have because you'll inevitably suffer some pain if you set the wrong expectations. Yeah, 100%. I've said yes when I should have said no many a time. Saying no with purpose and empathy is a win-win in the long run, even if it doesn't feel like it in the short term, for sure. Yeah. That's a good takeaway. So basically what you're saying is solid PMs say no, and you don't have to say yes to be a high impact PM. Exactly. Okay. So reason number one, we've already covered. Reason number two, the team's time is limited and a yes today will eventually necessitate saying no to a later opportunity, right? Oh yeah. Excellent point. Like what's the opportunity cost of like hastily saying yes? I mean, it could mean that your team doesn't have time to fulfill a pressing customer need, or it could mean turning down the opportunity to explore something that's like high impact. Like your team has a bunch of energy around this. Eh, you can't do it because you said yes to something without thinking through the implications. So yeah, it likely means that you're going to say no to something down the line. Without a well-groomed backlog, it can be hard to gauge what you're trading off, but the fact remains time and resources are limited. So we have to choose wisely. Yeah, that's excellent. What's reason number three? Reason number three is that you're a strategist, not a people pleaser, right? Oh, that one hits home. <laughs> I like making people happy, but I guess not at the expense of my product strategy. Um, what if someone thinks their idea is better than your product strategy? Then what? Oh, excellent segue. All right, now let's get into how to say no. Okay, so under what conditions should you say no and when should you say no? Let's first acknowledge that good ideas come from everywhere um, and we shouldn't stop entertaining ideas. So under what conditions should you say no? First of all, you don't just say no to say no. Like you're going to get stuff that comes at you even after you've built your beautiful backlog and your beautiful product strategy. Right. There's no world in which it would be helpful to just say no to everything outside of your roadmap. You really shut the door on a lot of great ideas. Yeah. There's a good way to evaluate an ask though. Yes. So let's get into that. Before you say no, you should make sure it's not emotionally charged. And the best way to do that is to follow this framework. Yay, frameworks. Oh my gosh. I love a good framework. What PM doesn't? It? it really makes things easier. Okay, here's the framework. It's called Lapato. Nice. It has three main parts. Yep. Number one, listen actively. That's the la part. Number two, pitch. That's the P. And then number three, articulate the trade-off. Does that make sense? Ooh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so you use Lapato um, when evaluating an ask and it's likely that you may have to say no. I actually do this inherently, but like now that I have a framework, I'm going to remember it. I'm just going to lapato everyone as I go around. 
when you showed me this framework, I was like, oh man, this is excellent. Cause I do this all the time. Yeah. It's okay. super useful and it's great to have a framework. It's great to put some words to it. So I know we could use okay. it on family too now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good practice. It's good yeah. product management practices saying no to your family. Okay. Um, all right. L I love it. Let's break it down. So part one is listening actively. That's the law part as we talked about. Ah, we got a drink. Oh, cheers. Got us. Cheers. Okay. Uh, when you do the L part, I'm not going to say it again. Uh, <laughs> actively, it means you're reserving your judgment. You're not interrupting and you're not thinking about your response. You're actively, sorry, listening. <laughs> nice. Whoever's listening to this and drinking their coffee on their morning drive into work is just gonna be so buzzed. They're gonna be like, I yeah. just played this drinking game on this podcast. <laughs> okay. <I know. laughs> um, all right. So if you're an active listener, your stakeholder or idea person is going to feel heard. Mm -hmm. And that's important. It's important. It makes you feel like it makes the other person feel like, okay, you're you're not just blowing me off. You're really yeah. trying to listen to my concerns. Right. Um, and so that's an important thing to do. Also, you're able to be objective if you have all the facts, right? Right. So like listening actively is like something we tell people, but then we don't actually do. Like if you've ever been in a conversation where you felt kind of like someone dismissed you, I mean, you don't want to make people feel like that. Um, and people rely on product managers to make things happen. Like they're like, oh, finally, now I have someone who I can tell about this thing. You don't want to be that guy or that girl who's just like, yeah, but no thanks. And you also don't want them to misunderstand you. Like, so it's better that you listen so you can understand them and they can understand you. And you're going to get that in return. If you're an active listener, oh, you have to drink. They're going to be an active listener. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, right. Let's get into the P part of Lapato. The P part stands for pitch. Now that you've been listening, man, we're just in this whole episode. <clears throat> okay, now that you've been listening, you've probably understood the ask. So you should summarize by pitching back the value. Uh, so the value is the important part. When you pitch back, you're getting the idea person to hear their idea and the value proposition. Yeah, that's right. So like if you're trying to, if someone's describing something to you, you're actively listening, you're engaging, and then you're pitching them on their idea. So when I pitch back, like someone says to me, oh, I think you should do absolutely nothing and focus on this one tiny little button. I kind of pitch that back. You know, I get clarifications. Um, this gets us on the same page. And many times the asker actually changes their idea because they can't find the value or they can't articulate how they would measure the value um, now that they are being uh, propositioned with it from a PM, right? Like sometimes you need to say things out loud, even just us as individuals, you need to say something out loud to understand. Um, so yeah, I, I don't mean to laugh, but it's super funny how this happens when they hear the value proposition out loud. They're like, oh, yeah, uh, maybe never mind. <laughs> and that's how active listening kind of pays you back. I'd say like 40% of the time when I get to this pitch back, people are like, oh, I could see how that's not very clear. And now you look great because you didn't just dismiss it right away. 
um, you might be surprised that you really don't actually need to do much more than just this pitch back um, in order to say no. You might not ever have to say no because now they're hearing their idea back. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. And uh, I, I really like this framework and I like to paraphrase their idea in this pitch and ask how we might measure it. That kind of uh, really starts to eliminate some possibilities as well, because a lot of things are really, really hard to measure or understand mm -hmm. um, that are subjective, especially. And then what gives them confidence in the idea? So trying to pull out some of the observations, the facts that should be supporting the case, but they may not be as supportive and so on and so forth. This is excellent. Like you have an opportunity to learn like you could get a major unlock by just listening like maybe this person has some very specific insight that wasn't part of your roadmap process you know like um, pitching it back asking them what gives them confidence how they might measure it like you're gathering details at this point and you're doing this objectively without emotion with like without being like overwhelmed that you're getting yet another idea like this could potentially be something you do so let's approach it objectively ask questions figure out how to like extract the value um with empathy and and without too much emotion so, okay so now what's the auto in lapato <laughs> yeah so <laughs> auto stands for articulating the trade-off basically now that you have the value prop you want to examine and share the cost of this work which is normally trading off something in your sprint or backlog the Irish part of the coffee is starting to um, If you know this already, you should share it. If you don't, or it's a high stakes situation, like your CEO pitching you in the hallway, simply articulate the trade-off in a thoughtful email or Slack message. That's good advice. And um, you know, one, one of the things I really love about this is that by articulating the trade-off, it really helps you help the stakeholder understand the forest through the trees. You know, you're putting their request in the context of the larger picture, which then, you know, really helps them understand why you're ultimately saying no to this project in order to do something else. Uh, so this is this is really great. This is my favorite part of the Lupato framework. Yeah, and not rushing um, the trade-off. Like sometimes you'll know what the trade-off is because you know what your backlog is or you know what you're working on this sprint and you can you know, uh, share it objectively. But if you do it hastily or you just pick some random excuse, which listen, I've done that before. We've all done it. We're like, I can't do this because I got this, you know, like you rushed it. It'll make your rebuttal look weak because it's so much easier to poke holes in something that you like hastily said, like, well, we have to do this other thing. Be thoughtful. And if you don't know it, say, okay, you know, I'll go back and evaluate this against our current X. Your X could be your current product strategy, your current backlog, your current sprint, and get back to them. Um, so when you feel researched and confident, otherwise you're going to start this spiral of like, oh, we can't do it because we do this. Well, why do you have to do that? And then you're like going back and forth and debating details that like, that don't that aren't really getting you to a conclusion. They're just trying to fight you in some way on what's a higher priority or more important. So you want to have data to back up what your trade off um, is worth or why it's meaningful to approach. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's important that if you say no, you do so objectively and with cause. Using the Lapato framework makes it straightforward. It gets you out of trouble if you stick to it. 
you won't go off road and put yourself yeah. in a bad spot. <laughs> totally. I want to see this in action. Should we like walk through a real example? Because this could just be lip service, you know, but does it work? Let's do that. Let's walk through a real example. Uh, so some of the most common situations in which I have to say no are when we get a flyby idea from a stakeholder with a very specific vested interest who doesn't see the big picture like we were talking about. Yeah, exactly. This happens to me like once a week. I am not even joking. Let me tee up this scenario for our listeners. Okay, so let's say I'm the product owner of Search. Um, and search spans all geos and it works for everyone. And this stakeholder wants us to build a very certain kind of search for their very certain kind of user. Let's say they want us to build advanced search, you know, with all like the fancy bells and whistles and like delimiters and whatever. Um, advanced search would let their sales team count up how many results we have in a specific category. Um, and it does special exclusion functions like so it's a it's a heavy feature lift is what i'm saying and it's not really used by our key demographic um ajay you're gonna play this stakeholder let's call him stakeholder sammy what do you think okay all right awesome <laughs> i'm gonna be stakeholder sammy all right okay. let's kick this off um hi ira i saw your roadmap in last week's readout and i don't see any of my user problems called out in your objectives um, hey, stakeholder Sammy, how are you? <laughs> We're covering user problems um, with our strategy, but had to create focus to help make progress against some of the company KRs. And those KRs are related to engagement. And some of those user problems didn't actually fit into this strategy. But I do want to hear more. Could you walk me through which problem you think is the highest priority? Sure. I already told you that day on Zoom. <laughs> but basically, we could sell a ton more of X if you would just change the way search looks for results. I wanted to find exactly what I type and nothing else. It's not precise enough for the sales team. It keeps showing results that aren't exactly what I typed. Okay, so I'm going to step out of character for a second. Now, what I'm going to do is go into the P of Lapato, which is to pitch back to stakeholder Sammy what he's proposing. Okay, here we go. Okay, Sammy, I understand it sounds like this change could help you maybe sell 25% more of the product. Is that correct? Uh, well, I don't have a number in terms of how much it could help us sell. Okay, gotcha. How might we be able to measure the impact of this proposed change? When I scoped it on our end, it seemed like it was extra large to do, but I don't really have clarity on like what it's going to deliver. Um, let me share a little bit about our product strategy and what we're trying to do. We're trying to build search features that help consumers find X and they generally need more recall than precision. And so this is the exact opposite of the feature needs that your users would need. So I could use some help understanding how, what the sales team is gonna do with this, how many people are gonna use it, do you have that, do you know how much more um, we could actually change? Can't you just do both? <laughs> yeah, okay. So sidebar, this happens all the time. Like, okay, you have uh, priorities, but so do I. So just do both of them. Um, basically here, if you agree with the value, like 
he's saying it's valuable for his sales team um, and you think it actually could be measured or it's a qualified bet you want to take, I would go back and evaluate the backlog and ask for a follow-up. But if you don't, like if you don't agree with the measurement or Sammy isn't sharing enough data about how to measure impact, now you want to jump into the auto or articulate the trade-off. So I'm going to jump back into character and stick it to you, Sammy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. Well, can you build search for users and search for the sales team? They really need it. Yeah, well, there's certainly a trade-off here. It's unlikely that we can do both. And the return on investment for the sales team might not be obvious enough to justify the engineering time. And then we'd both kind of have a lot of explaining to do at the end of the quarter. One large piece of work we'd have to trade off is scaling search to the specific geo that we're launching in next month. Because the bet is quantified and meeting a user need is super measurable, the product strategy just has to include this work. We couldn't do this unless there was an equal or better bet we would take. Now, at this point, stakeholder Sammy might actually already be coming to the conclusion himself because you've given him visibility into what your prioritization process is, but he might not be thrilled and that's okay. But does he see you as a detractor? No, because you didn't dismiss him. You listened, you pitched back your idea and you said no at the end of the conversation instead of the start. And you also gave some visibility into why you prioritized. The why being, hey, we have to move this metric, we're expanding to a new geo, and this is already kind of a quantified bet that's going to have a measurable impact. Yeah, I like that it demonstrates that you have fully listened to their idea, accurately considered the impact it would have, and a fair decision has been made. I also love that you really can show at least a peek, if not the whole picture, if you have time, Mm -hmm. of the force of the trees. Just giving the full picture of what you're going to be working on and why and how it relates to everything else that's going on. Yeah, these things don't always go as smoothly as they did with stakeholder Sammy. But uh, in reality, you're going to probably need to follow up. But if you use the Lapato framework, you're going to make sure you're not like pigeonholing yourself into being a detractor. You're going to make yourself look like a contributor and a collaborator. Um, so I would, even if you feel like you should say no to this person, like I have a lot of repeat offenders. I don't know, Ajay, do you have that? Like people who constantly are like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's always uh, a discussion or multiple discussions going on about like what you should be doing and not doing and, and all that. Um, and, and I think I let you off the hook pretty easy. Uh, yeah, a lot of yeah. these discussions can last for like weeks, months, you know, um, and that's fine. Uh, but the important part is to start with the Lapato framework and you can keep referring back to it as these conversations go on. It helps you remain objective um, and think through these things and help people be heard, which is the most important parts. Totally. Lapato that's- for the win. Lapato for the win. Okay, let's summarize for the listeners how to say no. All right, excellent. Let's do this. First, saying no is necessary to be an impactful strategist and will earn you respect if you do it with empathy and objectively. Second, saying no should not be the default. Good ideas come from everywhere. 
Uh, but third, if you have to say no, say no after doing Lapato, listening actively, pitching back, and articulating the trade-off. Excellent. Okay, and that's a wrap on saying no. Um, we can't end the show without doing cool product things, can we? I think it's my turn. No, we can't. No, we can't. Yes, it is your turn. Let's go for it. Okay, awesome. For the uninitiated, Cool Product Things is where we talk about a cool product thing that we found out in the wild that represents a key product concept. The cool product thing this week is Amazon's sneaky but useful auto-populated cart. Yeah, very Ooh. sneaky. So here's the situation. I'm pretty strapped for time. So I found ways to save time by cutting down on outsourcing chores. Shout out to our last episode, Time Hacks for PMs. Very good. Mm -hmm. I save like yeah. two hours, dude, each week by ordering my groceries online. Um, but up until recently, it's been like kind of unoptimized. It's, it's still like a lot less time than getting in your car, going to the store, filling a cart, standing in line. But I demand more of my digital experiences and Amazon freaking delivered. One challenge with ordering online is that you have to search the aisles digitally now. So you have to like remember the names of the things that you buy instead of like just being on autopilot and going from produce to frozen, you know, like when you're in the store. And this can be super time consuming. I try and look at my past orders and create a new cart or look at like the recently viewed carousels, you know, those like little carousels at the bottom and reshop what I bought. But Amazon recently released a cool product thing where they auto populate your grocery cart with items that I've repurchased more than four times. They just put it in your cart, dude. <laughs> I know. They don't make yeah. it a recommendation. They just put it straight up in your cart. It's so cool because this feature saves me even more time and I start with my cart now. I mean, like, what the, f that's so fucking cool. Excuse my language. <laughs> but like, what PM doesn't want their user to just go directly to cart? Um, it's so cool. So like I noticed I started counting. So I've ordered the same like soy vanilla bean yogurt like four times and it's in my cart every time. But I've ordered this like one yeah. weird seedy loaf of bread three times and that was not in my cart. So there, yeah, there is some data science to this. I don't know. That seems like a rule, but there's they've looked at my search history as well as uh, my checkout history in order to come up with predictions about what I'm going to repurchase each time. And like, maybe, you know, I'm not out of that stupid yogurt. They make it like one click to remove it. It's not like this uh, move to favorites list. Like they've totally optimized it for grocery shopping where they know that you might be out of something. You might have back stock of something and they've just taken you like right to shopping cart. So that wow. is my cool product thing and the concept that it represents. Well, it represents a lot of stuff. First, delight. I absolutely loved the frictionless experience of starting with cart. I was doing that anyway. Number two, it optimizes for why I'm here. It's not using a retail model to help me with grocery shopping. It is saying, hey, we know you're here for groceries. We know you're likely going to buy this. And it starts with this cart 
first approach to reduce the level of effort it takes to search for something. And they know you're searching for it over and over again. And so with that, I think you all, and maybe us, should get free groceries from Amazon um, and okay. save yourself two hours. And now I think even a little bit more with your, re your repurchases already in your cart. Do it, everybody. Man, I use a combination of Instacart and uh, the HEB app. HEB is really popular here in Austin. Okay. Shout out to HEB. And um, this is making me consider using Amazon and uh, and all that for, for grocery shopping. This is yeah. such a great feature. I've wanted it in these other apps for so long because, yeah, I end up buying the same stuff over and over again. Yeah. And so it just kind of seems ridiculous not to uh not to pre-populate so i'm so excited i'm gonna i'm definitely checking it out right nice, now. nice dude you don't awesome. even need a list anymore you just shop from your cart it's like oh that's what i'm gonna that's be so out crazy. of it's incredible oh my god they're gonna make so much money all <laughs> right and with that that's a wrap thank you as always for joining us for product happy hour if you enjoyed happy hour today please support us by subscribing at our website producthappyhour.com there are two options, $5 a month and $30 a year. You can also support the show by following the show on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please also rate the show on your platform of choice. It really helps us out. Follow us on TikTok or Instagram for clips at Product Happy HR. We started doing something new recently where we've started to give a sneak peek to our cool product thing. So if you want to hear that stuff early, follow us on TikTok or Instagram. And please share with your friends and spread the word. The more people at the bar, the merrier. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And we'll see you next time. Cheers.